it's actually pretty simple. The way that the hacks come through the printers, if you, it, it only works if you have a wireless printer or a printer that has Bluetooth and allows you to connect your iPhone or another device wirelessly, okay? And here's what happens. HP, I'll just use HP as an example. HP will allow an iPhone to Bluetooth a file to it to print, okay? Or to it to scan and treat as a scan. And what's happening is people have gotten smart enough to know that by using the iPhone and part of the scan, it'll show every computer that's connected to the, the printer and you can send a file from your iPhone to that computer through the printer. So okay. what you're saying is if I've got Bluetooth and wireless turned on to my, my, my um, printer. printer, somebody can walk by with their iPhone and see what we have yes. and send something there. Right. So, what do, so how do I stop these guys? Because yeah. so, I like using wireless on our printer. Exactly. So you can still use wireless on the printer. Hello. Welcome to our inaugural podcast, Helping Small Businesses Get More Out of Their Information Technology. Today, on our first inaugural podcast, we have Peter Purcell, Managing Director of Trinity Incorporated in Houston. Prior to Trinity, Peter was a partner with several big four, including Deloitte, Ernst & Young, and PricewaterhouseCoopers. Welcome, Peter. Oh, thank you very much, Bill. I'm really honored to be part of your inaugural podcast. Well, I'm glad you are, because I think this one is going to be very valuable for small businesses and one of the things we're going to talk about today and Peter's going to share with us is how can small businesses get IT right? Yeah, absolutely. What we find is that small businesses overpay for services that they don't use or don't need and then when they do need services they don't get them. For example, I'm a small business and I've had a situation where my IT support person wasn't available to me because he was hiking Mount Kilimanjaro. How frustrating is that? Well, that's an interesting point. And, and actually, today's podcast is brought to you by Evan, your IT guy. Evan, your IT guy is an on-demand platform sourcing IT professionals and helping small businesses solve their IT problems immediately. And I think that would be probably something you guys would want to use. Absolutely. I, I think I'll give it a try. It sounds very intriguing and maybe something that uh, my customers could, could use. So today we're going to be talking about getting IT right. And Peter Purcell from Trinity is here to share with small businesses how they can get IT right. So Peter, you know, when we talk about small businesses and you talk about complexities with IT. Tell me a little bit about that and what they're experiencing and some of the problems they have. Sure. What we're finding a lot is that small businesses have typically over-purchased information technology assets. I'm talking, you know, fondly boxes, pipes, and wires. That is too many servers, too robust a network, and um, spending way too much money on IT support. I had a friend of mine very recently that came to me and asked me to look at a contract and his IT support guy was charging him $225 a PC per month to You're do kidding. some high am not. It blew wow. me away. And when you took a look at the contract, um, all that my friend was getting was really some monitoring software that can be bought online directly for 20 bucks a PC. And all the software does is just delay Windows downloads and... Um, give you reports when somebody installs a piece of software on a PC. Absolutely useless. All right, so let's talk about PCs a little bit. Okay, so you go to the store and you buy a laptop, and it just, it never seems to work right right away. It doesn't do the things you want it to do. What are the, some of the things that you recommend small businesses do when they do buy a laptop? Yeah, so first of all, I think that in purchasing a laptop, given today's Windows environment, and, and I'll really focus more on Windows because most businesses can't, really use a Mac to run their business. They can use a Mac as a tool to do graphics and stuff like that. Right, so right. Let's, let's just focus on Windows laptops for a second. Windows 10 actually has been a watershed application for Microsoft. I get no money from Microsoft. I don't even own Microsoft stock. Um, but Windows 10 has been a watershed moment because what it does is it allows older laptops to run longer and faster. So. What you need to do is go ahead and spend a little extra money on buying a laptop with a solid-state drive so it runs really fast. Okay, no, wait a minute. Solid-state drive, what does that mean? Well, 
in you have two different types of hard drives that you can put into your PC, right? One is a magnetic drive that runs, runs on platters. It's the old, uh, I want to say albums, you know, like long play albums, which many of your listeners probably have never seen. Um, but basically it spins around and it uses magnets to read and store. So it's one of those that makes noise sometimes. Makes a lot of noise. So a solid state one is solid. Solid state is, uses basically the same memory chips that you're, that run RAM. I think everybody knows what RAM is. And, uh, so that's what a solid state drive is. So get something with a solid state drive and as much RAM as you can get minimum eight gig of RAM and you're pretty much good to go. Okay, so what should I buy a warranty that you know, like at Best Buy they try to sell you a warranty? No, no absolutely not. The majority of the time, your laptops will far outlast the the warranty. And the secret for making your laptops last a long time is basically um, removing all the bloatware that comes with it, and uh, just installing the software that you're going to use. And why do I say that? Bloatware makes your PC run. A lot. Okay, so give me an example of bloatware. What do you mean by that? So bloatware would be any of those games that you get downloaded on your PC that you never play, but they always load up in the background. Um, things like that. Just it's there's basically software that the uh, PC providers like to give you to where they get ad money from, or they want to try to get you to sign up for software that you'll never use, and then they get a little bit of money for that. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is they didn't, when you buy a new laptop, make sure you get a solid-state drive. You have Windows 10, and then you get rid of all the bloatware. Exactly. And then your laptop should be running like a charm, but Absolutely. it doesn't. So then you have to hook it up to a Internet service provider, and that's the hard part for some of these small businesses. What do you recommend for them as far as Internet service goes? Well, so... That's another place that you should not short yourself is to get as fast an internet as possible and um, connect to it using Wi-Fi. Don't, don't waste money running cables and stuff like that. The new technologies that are out there for Wi-Fi allow you to connect wirelessly and that way you can move around. You can grab your laptop and move around and you don't have to worry about being tethered to the wall. But isn't that slower than having the wire connected? Absolutely not. The new Wi-Fi runs just as fast, if not faster, than cable. Wow. Okay. So do Wi-Fi. Do wireless. Do, okay. do Wi-Fi. Do wireless. Absolutely. So, so what, if, what if you're, uh, you're in a big warehouse and you need Because I, I know my Wi-Fi at home only goes halfway across my house. What do I do if I have a big warehouse? Uh, that's, that's really a good question, Bill. And, and so I'm going to dive into a little bit of a technical thing for a second. All right, don't use too much jargon I'm not, here. I'm not. And actually, you can go out and you can search on this on Amazon. What you need to do is use a technology called mesh Wi-Fi mesh Wi-Fi mesh okay. Wi-Fi and what that allows you to do is you can put out as many access points as you need you only need one directly connected to your modem and the rest connect wirelessly and unlike repeaters of the old days these things don't slow down. Okay, so this sounds complicated. Do I need to have a computer degree to go install mesh Wi-Fi in my warehouse? No, there's two or three different um, providers or manufacturers that basically it's plug and play. And the cool thing is, is that uh, they make these app apps that run on your your iPhone or your Android phone. And the minute you hook up what's called the base station, which is the first piece of the mesh Wi-Fi to your router or your modem, then it will walk you through placing your the satellites or what they called. And it, it will be smart enough to know that um, it will just create your network for you. I'm not even gonna bore you with the details, but it's really cool. Well, that's great. Hey, folks, we have Peter Purcell, Managing Director of Trinity here, sharing with small businesses and how to get IT right. And I think what we hear is small businesses are losing a lot of productivity and time having to keep IT running. So you might be a restaurant owner, you might be a, a, a company that's a logistics provider, and your computer system goes down, and then all of a sudden you lose revenue. So Peter's here helping small businesses understand how they can get IT right and not lose productivity with that. So you've talked a little about PCs, we've talked about Wi-Fi, Okay, here's the big thing, phones, okay? So 
You know, I'm, I have some friends who've gotten rid of their landlines completely. And I also have some friends who have small businesses. They just use uh, the uh, cell phone. Didn't that, uh, what do you think about that? You know, actually, that's, that's excellent. And in fact, uh, cell phone service is a little bit more reliable than landlines. If you go really? back, if you go back and do studies and, and look at the studies, you'll see that cell phones uh, are, are sometimes uh, uh, more efficient and more cost effective than landlines. And you actually kind of set me up in a good way because most cell phone services allow you to connect with your Wi-Fi as well. And so that's, again, why I suggest you have such a large Internet, internet connection and so fast an Internet connection. Okay, so it's okay for a company to just say, we're not, we don't need any wires in the building except for electricity, right, and have cell phones. Absolutely. Okay, so what, what? Okay, so sometimes you go into some places and they don't have very good cell phone coverage. What do you do? Well, again, if you have the right internet service, you can easily tap into your internet, and your cell phone oh. can connect wirelessly to its service, and you can make the calls that way. The only time that I ever recommend clients get hard landline is if you are doing very, very heavy customer service where you have. Lots of people calling in, and lots of people, um, lots of people uh, uh, calling and asking for for customer service. But even in that case, you can use wireless phones. You can connect through using what's called voice over IP, um, okay. and you don't, you still don't need cables. Uh, for example, in our office, all of our conference rooms have wireless phones. There's no no connectivity to a cable anywhere. And we're, we're using a phone number that looks just like anybody else's phone number. So what you're telling me is if I go into a traditionally office building, mm -hmm. they'll have this big rack with all these you know wires coming in and out. You're telling me that's, that's kind of old school and going away. That's very old school and wow. going away. You know? And uh, the good thing is, is by using the wireless network and, and your modem and the Internet and all of that, uh, you don't have the situation that those poor people are here in Houston have, which is you get flooded and everything's gone. Uh, for those businesses that live uh, on the Internet, and we'll talk a little bit later about the cloud, they're back up and running. They never go down uh, because you don't have these uh, big pieces of hardware that get flooded and don't work. Okay, Peter, you just used the word, and, and uh, I don't know if you did this on purpose. I was going to ask about this. Use this word cloud, yes. okay? And I will tell you, I talk to a lot of people out there, and some of them are very um, hesitant to use the cloud, okay? And maybe just real, what does that mean, first of all? Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me back into this just a little bit. I'll do this a little differently. Just don't, don't, don't use too much jargon I'm on me I'm not going to use any jargon at all. So these people who are nervous about the cloud, do they have bank accounts? Oh, I'm sure they do. Do they do trades? Like, do they own stock and trade stock? Do they have investments? They have yeah, 401ks. Yeah, most small business owners do, yeah. Uh, they have 401ks. Do they do wire transfers? Well, their, their business, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Do they accept credit cards? Yeah, yeah. And they, they get paid I mean, you're, when you're they're asking processing. You're a bunch of questions. Right, right. right. I'm just to. asking you. Yeah. Guess what? All of those services are taken care of in the cloud. So if you're willing to bank on this and i use the word bank on purpose bank if on the cloud if okay. you're willing to do your financials in the cloud why wouldn't you run your business in the cloud all the cloud is is you're sharing you're sharing hardware somewhere somebody else is managing it for you and these people who manage it are very very good at what they do and by the way they're far away and through the internet you get great connectivity to it and you don't have to worry about paying for air conditioning, support, or even worry whether or not you're going to get flooded out. Okay, so what you're saying is, if you run a company, you shouldn't be having hardware on site. That's what I'm hearing you say, except for maybe your PCs. Yeah, PCs, cash registers, you know, wands and stuff like that. Right. Absolutely. But anything that you would think of putting back in a back office somewhere, if you think about it, right, you go to a restaurant, you open up the manager's office, and there's just these stacks and stacks of computers and hardware and wires, all that needs to go away. Okay, so 
Let's suppose I've got super secret information, mm -hmm. um, and I'm putting it in the cloud. I mean, that sounds scary. Do you keep your financial information at a bank? Oh, Does, good point. Good point. Okay. okay. All right. So there you let me go. Ask I'm this. just. Uh, I, but what yeah. if? But you hear about these hackers coming in and hacking some, you know, Target or somebody like that, and they're they're targeting these big. I bet you they're targeting these data centers too. What are they? What are they doing about it to keep protect themselves? The interesting thing is there, there's a myth out there about hackers that, that, you know, TV and movies have really overblown. First of all, gaining access to a facility like that as a hacker is difficult to impossible, okay? The majority of the time, the way that they will penetrate these types of facilities are through the end users. The end user is the weak link. The facility is not. And what I mean by that is... 99 plus percent of hacks and you can go out and look at Gartner Forrester nest right this is a national uh, federal organization somebody clicked on a link and that opened the door and okay. so guess what there's no hardware there's no software on the planet that's going to keep somebody from clicking on a link so you need to train these people not to and as long as you don't you're safe okay so you bring up an interesting point you talk about, we hear about cybersecurity, mm -hmm. and there's not a day that goes by that you hear about, you know, companies need to have good cybersecurity. And I'll, I'll tell you, if I, were, if, if I were a small business owner, I'd be scared because the big corporations can afford to pay millions of dollars to have a cybersecurity consultant come in. These small businesses can't afford to have a cybersecurity consultant, or any consultant for that matter, come in and tell them anything. So what do they need to do to protect themselves? Okay, so we do have an article out on our website, which I would highly recommend you guys read. That this talks, is on your Trinity website. Yeah, I'm sorry, right? Trinity.com. Trinity.com. Okay. Yeah. If you go to publications and you do a search on what's the real definition of cybersecurity, it's yep. basically cybersecurity demystified. Okay, okay, I'll repeat that. Cybersecurity demystified. You're going to find out that cybersecurity has been overhyped no different than SOX was back, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, the yeah, bottom, they went way overboard with that. They the went way, way overboard okay. with that. Here's the bottom line. Small business, this is all we do. We have laptops. We train our people. Don't click on links. If you do click on a link the first time, shame on you. You click on a link a second time, you're out. Okay, so first of all, you have to make your people accountable. Secondly, you just run, if you're running Windows 10, run Windows Defender. That's the best antivirus out there, and it's free. It's part of Windows 10. Any other antivirus that you buy will either open you up. If you buy Kaspersky, it opens you up to the Russians. The FBI just said that. You don't need to buy any other antivirus software. Just use Windows Defender. Don't click on links. The other thing that you do, let your Windows update automatically. The last ransomware that went out that just basically shut down thousands of businesses, Windows, Microsoft Windows 10 had the update out eight months ago. So, so what you you're saying, you've got to keep your Windows updated. Just keep your Windows updated. And don't click on stupid and stuff. And don't click on stupid stuff. Just do those three things, and basically you have stopped hackers in the tracks. Now, the next question you're going to ask me is, Peter, what happens if you are hacked? What happens if somebody well, gets in and gets you ransomware? Is that before, your Well, no, oh, okay. actually, my next question. Okay, got gotcha. you. You know, you, you, that's, a, that's two questions away. But okay, that's the fair. The next real that's question fair. is, is how do I know? Because sometimes I get these emails, and they look legitimate. It says, uh, from Microsoft. Very good. Very and they good. look very, and they got their logo on it and address. How do I know? You know, Bill, thank you very much for backing me up. Uh, the bottom line is you don't know. What you have to do is you have to assume that anybody that sends you an email with a link is a hack that's just you have to assume that okay and what you do is or attachments it, too right or attachments anything that comes in as a hack that's just needs to be your mental state now if it's a link and you're curious about it then what you do don't click the link go to the website directly if you get an email from google asking you to change your password don't click on the google link Go to Google and change your password there. Oh, that's a good point. That's exactly how Podesta got hacked for the DNC and how all those emails got out. Okay. Okay. So essentially, you get an email from your bank. It looks like your bank or from 
Yahoo because you have a Yahoo account. It has your name on it. looks all official. Just delete it. Go directly in there. Because, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think back I I, uh, bank with Wells Fargo, and I got this email. It looked legitimate, but I also know they have a little information notification center. And I went in there. I didn't see the email in there telling me about something going on, and I wasn't sure about it. So good point. So really you need to be on the alert. And, and, And is it almost like don't answer your door to strangers? Absolutely. And you have to assume that anybody walking up to your door is a stranger. It's a sad, it's a sad testimony for today. But yeah. when it comes to anything that has to do with the internet or anything that has to do with computers, that's exactly what you have to do. Right. So now you're going somewhere else with the, this whole, and I've kind of backed up a little bit. Uh, no, I, yeah, I appreciate it. You actually slowed me down. And I, I think for the listeners, uh, I, I will apologize ahead of time. I do have ADD, so I bounce around like crazy and uh, my apologies ahead of time. So where I was going is, you know, one of the biggest things that we've heard about lately are ransomware. Um, and, you know, there are so many different hacks. Uh, there are so many different things that, that hackers try to do to try to get your information and sell it. Because that's the bottom line of what they want to do. Ransomware is a little different. What happens is you get a link, you click on a link, and then all of a sudden all the data on your computer is encrypted. Okay? At the same time... That link will read through your address book and send it to everybody else. It's smart enough to know everybody else in your business. And so when they click on that, it encrypts everything on their PC. And so many businesses have their data stored on on servers on site. All of a sudden, everything's encrypted. Okay, when you say encrypted... How about you say they encrypt your? Sure. Your, your, what, what they do mean? is they read they read all your data files, every okay. single one, okay. one at a time, and they do it so fast. You know, it's computer, right? Computers work fast. They read it and then they encrypt it. They run an algorithm that basically locks that data down and makes it unreadable unless you have a key to run oh, the software. Okay. Feed the key, and then it decrypts it. So essentially what they're doing is they're just putting a lock on your computer's data and saying you can't get to it unless you have this certain key. Absolutely. And then you've got to go give them some money and put it in a bank account. Absolutely. And then- there you go. You got it. So, so the question is how do you recover from that, right? This is what all my clients ask me. Is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, how, how do you? What do you do? Well, here's the deal. For those businesses that um, have their data backed up on site, you know, you, you, if, if I'm talking to you, maybe half the audience out there has what's called a Z drive. And what that drive is, or a J drive, or an F drive, and what that drive is, is a virtual drive that allows you to save your data on a server in the back, back room. For those of you who have them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The rest of you just save it on your PC, potentially. Now... It, you, there, are, there are services out there. Microsoft offers OneDrive. Uh, we use Dropbox. There's Box.com. There's just a variety of these where what you can do is instead of saving it to the server in the back room, you can mirror your PC in the cloud. And all of these cloud-based services, okay, what they do is you can call them or send them an email and say, hey, I've been hit by ransomware. They will revert you back one version of your files and all your data is there again so essentially what you're saying is i've got my, my pc mm-hmm. um, somebody does come in and encrypt it make it lock it down right but meanwhile i've got it backed up to a dropbox or one of the other um, companies. Bo- box or box one drive one drive is microsoft yes yeah i've got they've got it backed up so i just call them up and say hey restore you've got it restore it and I got my my data back. Absolutely. So that that you know, so you're kind of tying this all together with the cloud, yes. right? Back to security because if you, because I I know some guys that own businesses and what they their IT guy tells them, hey, you need to buy a server. You're running this business. You need a server. And what you're telling me is that's bad advice. That is that is very bad advice. There's there's typically no reason for you to buy a server. 99% of the time. The only times that I have ever seen having servers make sense is if you're a manufacturing facility and you need the computing power on site to control process control units. Right, but that's pretty complex stuff. Though, that's right? very, very complex and actually fairly rare. 
Right. Because most right. small businesses don't have those kinds of needs. Okay. So cloud, that's going to help you get secure because I will tell you, I've um, heard some stories, um, some friends of mine who own small businesses, and they've um, had some people come in and try to ransom some of their data, and it's cost them a lot of money, and they didn't know what to do. And uh, it sounds like there's a lot of bad advice going on out there because I'm hearing a lot of people still saying, oh, you got to buy a server. Yes. And that just is old school. That is wow. very old school. Okay, so here's the other thing, okay? I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to me all the time. I And I like using the Internet, okay? And I need um, somebody to come out and do a help with some plumbing job or replace our water heater or do do a project for us and I go on their website and sometimes it's not working sometimes um, I go in I type I go to their website and I go to their email and send them a request for information never hear back from them so I look at a lot of these small businesses they want to have a web presence you know they want people to find them and get business and get revenue but it seems to me they're probably losing a lot of opportunities out there, at least from my perspective. So if, if you're a small business, how do you go about getting the right website out there? Yeah, so this, you know, I normally don't like suggesting to small businesses to go out and get a lot of consulting services. And that's kind of strange because we're a consulting firm, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think the biggest mistake that a small business can, can make is try to build their website themselves. You know, it would be no different than me trying to go off and uh, re-roof my house. I'm not a roofer, okay? But I have to have a roof on my house to protect my house from the weather, yeah. okay? You have to have web presence. So if you're going to have web presence, then go get a professional. And you can do this for $5,000 or less and have them go ahead and stand up a website for you. And what you do is don't use the free services like GoDaddy.com or Domain.com. You know, they'll give you one or two pages for free, but then they give you all sorts of adware. Um, and what that is is they'll give you pop-up ads that have nothing to do with your business. Let's say you're a plumber. You really don't want to have, you know, advertisements for women's underwear on your website. Now, it might attract people to you, but the wrong people. I mean, let's get real. Well, so, and that, that just doesn't make sense, and it'd be, an, it'd be annoying, too. I don't, when I go to a website, I don't want a bunch of ads. Absolutely. And so what you do is you get somebody to help you build, build ads, and then you run them in the cloud, okay? Again, this is where the cloud comes, comes to order. When you run in the cloud, you become ultimately scalable. You don't have to have a server sitting in the back office, which is probably what happened to you is whenever you get to somebody and the website's really slow, it may be down. You get that 404 error, which is like everybody. What seen. does that mean anyway? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. All I know is it's a 404 error, and I'll never go back to that well, website again. Well, at least you know? I'm not the only one getting those. Yeah, exactly. You know, 404. Who thought of 404? What is 404? I don't know. There's. It's a highway in California. I don't know. Yeah, well, okay, so it's California traffic, you're dead, you know, you can't move, so it's the same thing. But bottom line is, get, get your website in the cloud, okay, and get a professional to help you. It, it really doesn't cost a lot in these days because you can crowdsource building your website. You can find somebody online, they are professionals at doing this, and they can help you do it very quickly. Okay, so um, you start thinking about if you're a... Um professional services type company, like a law firm, accounting okay. firm, or a management consulting firm, for that matter, or someone that has other businesses as customers. Um, and you start thinking about, um, there's all these free, there's free stuff out there, right, for your business applications. You know, I know uh, uh, Google has some free stuff. Microsoft, you got to pay for it. Tell me your thoughts on that. You know, because sometimes when you think something's free, it's never as good as you you thought it was going to be, right? What do you, what do you think? Well, so I, I think that uh, th there's a challenge. Uh, there is a lot of freeware out there that allows you to do document management, you know, manipulate numbers, you know, if you want to go out and do financial analysis and stuff like that. The Google products from a free perspective are probably the best there are out there. I'm pretty sure you've heard of OpenOffice, right? That's a Java-based and they're very proud of it. It's a Java-based application 
that Oracle now supports, and they give it to you for free. Here, but here's the problem with freeware. If you're a professional services firm, what are your clients using? And I will tell you right now, 99.9% .9 of your clients, if not 100% of your clients, are using Microsoft Office. You're talking about big companies, I'm right? talking about any size companies. We use Microsoft Office. Okay, our, we have accountants down the hall. They use Microsoft Office. So if you want to write a document, have them open a document, just something as simple as that, you need to use the software that your customers are using. Yeah, you know, you make an interesting point because sometimes I get emails from people who are using maybe Yahoo or um, Outlook. Not, I'm sorry, not Outlook, but the um, Google. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sometimes it doesn't communicate well with Outlook, and I'll get and and I'm, right. So I, I see what you're saying. Right. I mean, look. Remember the 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 most expensive meeting that you will ever miss is the meeting that you miss. Think wow. about that. That's a good I know, point. Yeah. you know, that's a Yogi Berraism almost. Yeah. I, I think it's been attributed to him, but I don't think he really said that. But the most expensive meeting you have is the one that you miss. And here's the problem: most of your clients will be running Outlook, just as you said. And if I try to send a dot meet, you know, an iCloud invite, a Gmail invite, or a, a Yahoo Calendar invite, sometimes they're incompatible. They, they'll go into junk even. So, I have a recommendation. Can I? Absolutely. That's what you're here for. Okay. We need your opinion Perfect. and advice. But, Perfect. Uh, Guys, I got to tell you, Microsoft has done a great job of packaging up their, their, their solutions in what's called Office 365. And Microsoft, over the past few years, has worked really, really hard to drive down the cost of, of this offering to the point where you can get Office 365 Get email set up no different than ExxonMobil, which is a large company, or Walmart, or let's pick uh, you know pick any company, okay? And but you, Microsoft manages it for you. It's easy to set up, and uh, you you pay a, a fee per month. Um, you get uh, Outlook, you get Word, you get PowerPoint, you get Excel. All the products that you need, they're automatically updated. They're secure. And uh, guess what? You're com you're you're you you are compatible with your clients. Okay, Peter. Be honest. Is Microsoft paying you to do this? Because this sounds too good to be true. <laughs> Absolutely not. Microsoft's not paying me. And uh, actually, by and large, I don't like large software companies because uh, they have a tendency to dominate the market. And I, I just I just don't like it when people do that. Well, you're pro little guy, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But, but what you're saying, though, is really what the bottom line is, if you're, you when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yeah. When your customers, they're using it, try to mirror your customers and look professional. Absolutely. See, th this tells me you're not a technology guy, and I'll tell you why I say that. You said it so much better than me, right? I zero in on the solution. That's great. But yes, so I always recommend to my customers, go ahead and get Office 365. And there's a lot of benefits to that. Remember we talk about servers and getting rid of servers? If you use Office 365, you don't need an email server because it's all done in the cloud. Okay. okay? So here's another question for you. Uh, I hear this word software as a service. Okay. And you haven't mentioned that. And I hear a lot of these... Um, smaller technology companies are coming out saying we offer software as a service so um tell me about that well actually we've just been talking about software as a service my whole discussion around dropbox that's software as a service and i'll explain to you in a second the office 365 by paying paying a license fee every month somebody else is running it in their cloud or in the cloud and you get the software as a service that is software as a service. Oh, okay. So essentially what you're saying is that cloud service is essentially right. the same thing as a software as a service, but you're, you're, you're almost like you're uh, um, paying a monthly rent or fee exactly. to use that service. Exactly. Okay. That makes perfect sense. And you, pay, sense. you pay as you go. And I, I guess I oftentimes don't uh, spend a lot of time talking about things like software as a service or even really using the term cloud as much as I have today because those to me are all just marketing terms. Just let somebody else have the headache. You just pay as you go. Okay, so accounting software. I, yeah, I hear small businesses ask all the time, what should we be using to get good financial reports? What do we do? What do we, and what, we don't want to spend a lot of money. What, 
Yeah, that's now, now that that's a great question. All, all your questions are great questions. But here's the deal. Uh, when you look at the size of your business, I just whatever size you are. So whoever's listening to this, I guarantee you there is software in the cloud that can run your business and you can pay as you go. So can you give me an example of what you're like? So for example, I can get QuickBooks online. That's what I use to run my business. And I pay $20 a month. And guess what? I can keep my books. Uh, I, uh, we can get balance sheet income statements and I can pay my bills. I can track my personnel. I can track my projects. Um, for larger companies, um, for some of you out there who are gun nuts, there's a company out there called CheaperThanDirt.com. If you have ever been online and you've bought a firearm online or ammo online, there's a high, high probability that you've been there. Uh, for those of you that are motorhead, uh, Summit Racing is a very, very famous website. Those run a package called NetSuite. NetSuite runs in the cloud. And so when you start talking about different size companies, there's different size packages out there. If you really want to know more, I, we could, that's a whole podcast in itself, Bill. Uh, again, at Trinity.com, we have, if you go and look in our publications and our perspectives, you'll see a whole write-up of all of these different pieces of software. And actually, we have articles on how you select the software. We get no money from these. This is purely you know, us trying to help small businesses you know, figure out how, how to select the right solution for themselves. Got it. Got it. That makes perfect sense, Peter. And you've mentioned several times some of your publications mm-hmm. you guys have put together. I mean, do you, how, many, how many do you have out there? Huh. I'm embarrassed to say that uh, I'm actually not the best guy with numbers, right? Uh, my business partner always makes fun of me and says that when I hold both of my hands up in front of my face, I count 20. So, um, and, and I'm not deformed. So, the, the, uh, we, we probably have over 130 articles out there uh, that um, we have written to help small businesses answer questions about typical issues and problems that they face. Our articles, uh, we like to believe, our articles are very, very crunchy. And what I mean is they're full of data, they're full of information. And what they do is they, they don't just share a consultant's point of view for how to solve a problem but they take you through what other people are really doing and uh, what, what, what's, what's happening within the market and what we see. And, and the opinion that you get is what we see that works well and what, what you shouldn't do because it might get you in trouble. Okay. So let's go back to security for a little while because okay. I think we've talked about hackers. We've talked about um, you know, not clicking on the right things and the like. So if I do decide to go to one of these cloud um, software as a service type companies, how do I know they're secure? Well, if you if you go to a reputable company, and, and it's not hard to find uh, reputable. In other words, if you do a Google search on the company and there's 80 gazillion returns, um, they're highly probable that they're, they're reputable. Um, the interesting thing is when you say go to the cloud, there's, there's just some usual suspects. When we were talking about data storage, that's Dropbox, that's Box, that's OneDrive. Google is now starting to offer uh, storage in the cloud. All those are names that you know, you've heard, okay? Um, if you want to run your website, Amazon has web services. I know Amazon's taken over the world, but, you know, they, they know how to run a data center. It's Amazon Web Services. Google offers it. Um, you know, there's just a variety of places that you can go. Um, and all of them, yeah, especially if they're publicly traded, they have to go through scrutiny to get certified so that they can be still publicly traded and so what happens is is as part of the audit process um they they uh they they get heavily looked at and if there are any weaknesses it's published and uh, they don't want that published because guess what they lose customers so it behooves them to be as secure as as they possibly can be so tell me this i i I hear a lot of and i heard recently um, an article talking about passwords Okay. And how hackers are pass how are how they're hacking into your passwords and there's different opinions floating around out there 
how you, sh you need to use it with different characters and you should or shouldn't. I mean, wh wh what's your view on that? Well, it's interesting. I think that a few years ago, um, hackers uh, had this belief um, when you had passwords that would only be like three and four characters, hackers had this belief that uh, they could go and do what's called a brute force attack. All they do is they go to the website and they keep hitting the website with random, random sets of characters until they get in. Um, websites have gotten a lot better today. So first of all, you have to have more characters. Um, a website won't let you hit it more than two or three times. So you've been locked. I've been locked out, right? Even on my Yahoo password, when I forget it, you know, I do it three times and it locks me out for 20 minutes. Same time, sends me an email. So if somebody's trying to hack and do that brute force, I'll get an email and I'll know immediately and, you know, I'll do something about it. So the whole concept of trying to get really complicated with your password uh, is, is unnecessary in today's world. Just have some mixed characters. Um, don't use password one, two, three. Don't use password. You know, don't use the name of your dog. But, uh, you know, use, use something that you can remember. And it would be nice to have a mix of characters and numbers and maybe special characters. Interesting, interesting. So really, you, you need to make sure you use a password that people can't guess. And some of these rules they've put in place yeah. are there to protect you. Great. So there's one other thing. I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah. I yeah. apologize. I didn't mean to cut you off. But if you are so that that's the type of password that you should use for like email and um, you know just non-financial things. Any financial website that you go to, whether it's your bank account or whether it's your trading account, anything that has financial, use what's called dual authentication. Okay. What is that? Dual authentication is pretty simple. He's, he's trying to take away my job. He's asking himself questions. Oh, I'm so sorry. If you were going to ask this question, I didn't mean to. No, but, no, I'm just... But I'm, but I'm just I'm, saying that this is the one extra layer that, that I highly recommend all. If it has anything to do with financials, anything to do with highly, highly private information, use what's called dual authentication. And what that is, is you log in, and then you will get a text on your phone, your iPhone, with a code that then you enter and then that allows you in. Okay, so it prevents someone from, and maybe you're, somebody's trying to hack in, they have your password, they go in and then you get an email and you're right. like, no, I'm not and They can't, it. they can't, okay. unless they have your wow. phone, Okay. unless they have your phone and they're with you, they can't hack your account, even if they know your password. So in those okay. cases, like I did a test, if I have a bank account, I could use the word password because I use dual authentication. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about other devices. Okay. And I heard this story from an attorney friend of mine who said that they actually were, um, a, a hacking attempt was made through their printer. Uh, <laughs> how in the world? I mean, they, you, know, you talk about all these devices and you hear about, I mean, but you hear about smart homes and all these other devices and everything. Let's talk about that for a little while. And I guess my question for you is how would someone, how do you stop somebody from hacking through your printer, by the way? Okay. So it's, it's actually pretty simple. The way that the hacks come through the printers, if you, it, it only works if you have a wireless printer or a printer that has Bluetooth and allows you to connect your iPhone or another device wirelessly. Okay. And here's what happens. HP, I'll just use HP as an example. HP will allow an iPhone to Bluetooth a file to it to print, okay? Or to it to scan and treat as a scan. And what's happening is people have gotten smart enough to know that by using the iPhone and part of the scan, it'll show every computer that's connected to the, the printer. And you can send a file from your iPhone to that computer through the printer so okay. what you're saying is if i've got bluetooth and wireless turned on on my 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 um printer printer somebody can walk by with their iphone and see what we have yes. and send something there right so, what do, so how do i stop these guys yeah because so, i like using wireless on our printer exactly so you can still use wireless on the printer what happens is is that companies are getting good about loading bloatware on things like printers and even better on 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 freaking refrigerators refrigerators, refrigerators. Will have these screens that allow you to walk up and they'll give you the the time of day and they'll give you the 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 weather and then you can look inside this is all the whole world of the internet of things and it's a little ridiculous in my opinion but here's the deal whenever you put a device whenever you connect a device to 
your network. A printer, a computer, a refrigerator, even now you can put your uh, washer and dryer so that you can connect, connect and remotely control them with your iPhone. Yeah, yeah. What you need to do is look very carefully at the settings and only allow your network or any device on your network to communicate. Don't allow any external device because what a lot of manufacturers are doing is they're leaving what's called a back door, which allows them to take over the device, do updates, and actually monitor what's going on so that they can improve the product. You need to turn all of that off. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is you need to turn off some of this, the settings that are on right. there. You need to you probably need to change the password that comes with it, like the yes. one, two, three, four on the right. on the little exactly. whatever it might be, or whatever the password is. And you need to make sure that it, only the people in your network can get can, to can it. get to it. Right. Okay. So here's here's the, you're, you're giving a lot of good information here, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a small business owner, right? Some of this stuff is hard to do to go into a device and figure some of this stuff Absolutely. out. Absolutely. So. We're, you know, these, these small businesses need to find somebody to to do this for them. So, because you're talking about a lot of things they need to do, and it's it some of the stuff gets complicated. If they did something wrong and they didn't turn Bluetooth off or whatever, how do they get that support? Well, you know, that's actually quite difficult. Um, and uh, I'm, I, I, you know, you mentioned Evan, your IT guy, and I'm I'm quite curious about it. Because if, if Evan, your IT guy, is what I think it is, you could go there. But let me just describe to you what a business person would have to do today. Um, when you start thinking about the Internet of Things and setting some of these things up, your only recourse at the moment is either go to your brother-in-law, go to somebody like me. If I'm in a good mood, I'll help you out, you know, if I'm your friend. Go to the Geek Squad. Well, your neighborhood's got it covered, right? <laughs> some of my neighbors, the ones I like. Um, That's probably know, all of them. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, there's the Geek Squad, um, which, you know, we've all had our experiences there. Or even Amazon now has just, you know, recently released a service to help with Internet of Things. The problem with all of those, though, are they're not on demand, you know, Bill. And, and for me as a small business owner, I don't know about you, but I have no patience. When I need something done, I need it done right away. And what... You know, one of the things that I've always struggled with is where do you go for on-demand support for those things? And boy, if somebody could figure that out, that would just be wonderful. Well, you bring up a good point, and we're going to conclude here shortly. But I would like to mention our sponsor, Evan, your IT guy. Um, you're coming soon in uh, fall of 2017, and it will be the on-demand support for IT for small businesses. Um, you know, you know, Peter. Any other things we didn't talk about today? I mean, we talked about a lot. We talked about um, getting your laptop set up right. We've talked about um, security and making sure you don't get hacked, and a lot of good advice around the cloud for small businesses. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else? I mean, what what, um, what are your can you any closing thoughts or anything? You know, as if if I were a listener right now. I think my head would be spinning, especially if, if I'm a small business person and, you know, IT is just not my thing. And, and I recognize that, um, you know, I have a lot of passion around it. It's, it's what I'm good at. It's, it's my, you know, it's what I like to do. Um, but if, if I were a small business, uh, business person, I, I think my head would be spinning. There's good news though. Um, and, and I'm not trying to pitch anything, but on our website, we have on Trinity.com and In Perspectives, a lot of this stuff is already written up. That We have also written a book called Jargon, J-A-R-G-O-N-E. So J-A-R-G-O-N-E. Right, like gar jargon. Jargon. But it's gone. Jargon that's gone. That's okay. right. Jargon Interesting. That's gone. Yes, because consultants uh, you know, have a tendency to speak in a whole other language don't make sense. And I think uh, consultants have a tendency to, uh, you know, the bigger the words or the fancier the words or the more misunderstood the word is, the more money they make. I, 
I don't understand it. It's so crazy. where do I get this book? Uh, you just go to Amazon.com, and uh, we uh, the, the proceeds don't go to us. The proceeds go to Boys and Girls Country, which is a wow. Christian-based organization in Houston that gets absolutely no money from the from any governmental organization whatsoever. So this, all of it's going to them. You're doing a good thing. And then, right. by the way, if I'm a small business owner, I can kind of maybe have a I'll call it a reality check on some of this and, 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 and maybe even carry a conversation with some of these IT guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was really the purpose of the book is to arm small business people with a vocabulary and a glossary to basically cry BS. And again, the proceeds go to Boys and Girls Country. There's 80 kids out there. These are kids that their parents or grandparents can't take care of. And uh, for a variety of reasons, whether they're in jail uh, or they just can't do it. Uh, they're infirmed. And, uh, you know, these, these kids, it gives the kids a loving environment, um, you know, from uh, any age all the way up through college. And, and you're on the board there, right? Yes, I'm on the board. I have a lot of passion about, about it. Well, 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 Peter, we appreciate you coming out here and joining us on our inaugural podcast. Um, we appreciate it and hope to have you back again soon. And uh, have a great day. Thank you.